From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Hello there, I'm Graham VK4BB. This is WIA National News for week commencing November 9, 2014. The WIA via Fred Swankston VK3DAC has released the first draft of plans for 2015 commemoration of Anzac Day. The plan is quite extensive and is a nine-page document which can be found at the web address when you go to wia.org.au and read this week's edition. Now you really do need all nine pages if you want to be part of it. The nine centimetre band, is it safe? Well, WIA's Roger Harrison VK2ZRH joins us shortly with more. Tony Abbott, a radio ham? No, but Indonesia's new leaders are. Indonesia's new national leaders are both amateur radio licensees. Amateur Radio Newsline are reporting that the ARRL are saying that President Yoko Widodo, YD2JKW, holds a general class license, and Vice President Yusuf Kala, YC8HYK, an advanced license licensee. Our neighbour Indonesia is the world's third largest democracy with a population of approximately 250 million. U.S.-based high-frequency traders can buy and sell Australian equity futures two-thousandths of a second faster after the Australian Securities Exchange in Sydney opened a direct link to the group in Chicago. The subsea cable cuts the round trip for a computer signal to 181.5 milliseconds from 183.5, a service that benefits traders with strategies that rely on reacting to price moves more quickly than other investors is most welcome. And Adam Bradley, head of sales for technical services at ASX said microseconds count to these customers. If you can reduce by milliseconds, you're certainly helping them. Electrofishing. Electrofishing is underway to rescue stranded native species in Far West VK2. Fishery staff are working to salvage native fish threatened by low water levels at Menindee Lakes in Far West New South Wales. The team is using an electric pulse, hence electrofishing. It plans to stun fish in the lakes in order to transfer native species to fresher water. And obviously, when using this method of fishing for consumption, it's known as electroplating. South Australia takes leave from top RS job. After a long time, Tony Hutchison, VK5ZAI, the mainstay of amateur radio on the space station or the RS program, is taking a well-earned break from the daily grind to enjoy spending more time with his family and some travel. His involvement so far spans 21 years and includes being the RS coordinator for the Asia-Pacific region. While taking a break in arranging school contacts with International Space Station astronauts, he doesn't intend to leave the job completely and will continue as a well-equipped telebridge station when at home. His efforts have been acknowledged in the past by NASA, AMSAT and our own WIA, and Tony's featured in newspaper articles, in amateur radio magazine and on television. The RS program will continue in 2015 and into the future with Shane Lind, VK4KHZ, who already has done a fantastic job as a telebridge station. The latest in a series of Pico balloons went up on Melbourne Cup Day last Tuesday mainly to test out its HF capabilities. Andy, VK3YT, has been making and flying Picos, or strong foil party-type balloons, for a while now, and his latest launch was designed to test the Whisper and JT9 modes, transmitting on 30 metres and 20 metres. The Pico flight was tracked by VK2, 3, 5, 6 and ZL1 stations, the balloon coming down near Tasmania. 
Men Shed and Portable Emergency Communications. Bendigo Amateur Radio and Electronic Club are inviting the public to their November meeting on the 21st as that evening will feature two presentations. One part of the evening will be all about Men's Shed, where you'll be able to find out more about the fantastic opportunities available at the local Men's Shed. Darren Tolley, VK3MMX, will also provide a presentation on amateur radio and portable emergency communication. The evening commences at 7.30pm Friday, November 21 at the First Bendigo Scout Hall, and of course, that's in Vine Street. The annual general meeting of the Townsville Amateur Radio Club will be happening Sunday, November the 23rd. The event is starting with a pancake breakfast from 7 to 8.30 with a goop made up from Lex's secret recipe, slightly modified by Rob VK4RB and then slightly further modified and put together by Cooker VK4FRJG and cooked up by the Iron Faraday Cage Chefs. After the sumptuous pancake feast, the nuts and bolts of the annual general meeting will take place. Where do you go? Area 2, Rossiter Park, Aikenvale, via Kimball Street. Now, as promised, WIA's Roger Harrison and just how safe is our 9cm band after all the hard work put in by our WIA? The 9cm amateur band is safe for now. Use of the 3.4 to 3.6 GHz band, including amateur access, will remain business as usual for the time being. This has been the fortuitous outcome following the recent consultation on future arrangements in the band conducted by the Australian Communications and Media Authority over June to September this year. The consultation process began when the ACMA released a discussion paper called Transitioning the 3.5 GHz Band for Future Opportunities on 18th of June this year. The ACMA sought to identify licensing arrangements in the band that might maximise regulatory flexibility for both licensees and the ACMA. The 3.4 to 3.6 GHz band had a mix of apparatus and spectrum licensees at the time, and the ACMA proposed extending apparatus licensing across the band for the future. Responses to the discussion paper closed on 30th of July, the ACMA receiving 24 submissions. As you may be aware, the WIA put in a strong submission. Eight submissions were from individual amateurs, along with the one from the WIA. The ACMA notes that there was a lack of consensus on the best way forward for the 3.5 GHz band among the 24 submissions received. On 30th October, the ACMA wrote to all those who made submissions, explaining its decision to retain the existing mix of apparatus and spectrum licensing arrangements in the 3.5 GHz band. The ACMA said, adding that, The current embargoes will remain in place, at least in the short term, although we intend to review those arrangements as use of the band develops. Applying a soothing balm, the ACMA's letter added that it no longer considers that increasing the extent of apparatus licensing is appropriate. But the 9cm band landscape took a dramatic turn on the 22nd of August this year when the Minister for Communications, the Honourable Malcolm Turnbull MP, issued a draft direction to use 3.5 GHz band spectrum for the NBN spectrum gap, with submissions in response to be received by the Department of Communications no later than 22nd of September. The direction called for the ACMA to complete arrangements by 30th of April 2015 to license two spectrum blocks, 50 MHz at 3400 to 3425 MHz, and 25 megs at 3492.5 to 3542.5 megs for NBN purposes under apparatus licensing. Both blocks cover actively used portions of the 9 centimetre amateur band. 
The WIA objected to the proposal in our submission to the Department of Communications in September. The direction was registered on the 24th of October and expires on 24th October 2015. The two spectrum blocks are currently embargoed to the issue of new licences. The Department of Communications received 10 submissions. Three were from individual amateurs, along with that from the WIA. The ACMA's letter of 30th October advises that, in line with the ACMA's decision to maintain existing licensing arrangements in the band, the ACMA will soon commence reissue considerations for the 3.4 GHz spectrum licences, which expire on 13th December 2015. Further, the letter advises that some sections of the 3.4 to 3.6 gigs band that remained unsold in a spectrum licensing round previously have lapsed and become available for reallocation. The ACMA advises that it expects to commence consultation shortly on a proposal to the Minister that this unallocated spectrum be designated for spectrum licensing. How long that will take, we don't know. Rest assured that the WIA will be in there fighting for continued amateur access across the 3.4 to 3.6 gigahertz band. So, amateur access to the 9 centimetre amateur band remains as is for the time being, but we're not out of the woods. Keep a watch on the Hot Issues page of the WIA website, which is linked from the homepage. This is Roger Harrison, VK2ZRH, for VK1WIA News. Just ahead of VK2 LAW and international news, over the last two weeks, Weiss and New South Wales, as part of the New South Wales Volunteer Rescue Association response, has been actively supporting the search for a missing 21-year-old Belrose man, Sevek Semenian. So far, Weissen has contributed hundreds of man-hours to the effort. The search has been based around the extremely rugged terrain in the Canangra Walls area southeast of Obron, New South Wales, about three hours from Sydney. Members of Weissen have been providing safety and management communication support for sister VRA organisations, the Bushwalkers Wilderness Rescue Squad and the New South Wales Cave Rescue Squad, who have been playing a major role in the search. In the last week, Weissen has also handed communications for the SES, New South Wales Special Operations, Police Dog Squad and Helicopter Air to Ground. Based search team communications are primarily using Weissen supplied equipment on high band VHF with a fallback to commercial HF where dictated by terrain. Communications between amateur manned relay points is mostly on two metres. A link to Sydney for logistical support has been established via a two-metre repeater. Weissen operators pass messages between the search managers at base and the search teams in the field and at times have been deployed by vehicle and by foot to remote relay points to maintain contact with the search teams. Regular, reliable communications to field search teams are essential for the management of the search and the safety of the searches. The skills, knowledge and dedication displayed by the searchers is astounding. Amateur radio operators, through their membership of Wyson, have contributed by allowing the search managers and teams to focus on their core search task and leave the solving and handling of communications issues to Wyson. In closing, we all hope for a successful outcome. From Australia, this is VK1WIA 
and the weekly WIA Amateur Radio News Service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. International News, I'm Jason, VK2LAW. Bloggers suffer LED lighting interference. New Zealand's Radio Spectrum Management, RSM, has identified serious cases of interference to radio communications at log hauler sites in Marlborough from the operation of vehicle-mounted LED lighting. The interference is so severe that in darkness hours, radio systems have become inoperable. Site management called RSM to look at the issue due to serious safety concerns. A common solution was to separate the lights from the radio antennas as much as possible. A recent audit of emergency lighting suppliers was undertaken by RSM and it was generally found that suppliers were not aware of the need to ensure their equipment met the necessary EMC specification AS, ZS, CISPR15. A further finding was that various other electronics fitted to the diggers and haulers caused radio interference. In this case, most instances of interference can be minimised by placing the radio antenna centrally on the cabin roof. Brazil to extend FM broadcast band. The FM radio data system, RDS website, reports that some countries are planning to extend the FM broadcast band. It appears that Brazil intends to extend it down to 76 MHz, while Beijing is considering a lower limit of 64 MHz. 5 MHz propagation research project shows unexpected results. One of the most interesting findings is the inconsistency in the results of near-vertical incident skywave propagation, NVIS. Comparing a communications path between two amateur stations, Zulu Sierra 6 Kilo November and Zulu Sierra 6 Kilo Tango Sierra, a distance of 51 kilometres, it is interesting to note that on June 2014 there was a good communications path from just after 0500 until approximately 1630, after which the signals disappeared. The pattern for July was the same, but signals were considerably stronger than during August and September. During September, a strong dip in signal strength can be seen. The other interesting observation from the graph is that propagation opens earlier and closes later as we go into summer, which indicates variations in the ionisation of the D layer of the ionosphere as the sun rises earlier and sets later. Not enough data has been collected to make any meaningful conclusions. If the path was pure ground wave, the signals would have been more or less constant throughout the day or night. GPS backup, World War II technology employed. In the United Kingdom, the General Lighthouse Authorities, GLA, have announced that they have installed a system called eLoran in seven ports across Britain. The new system, which is ground rather than satellite-based, is designed to be used in the event of a GPS failure. Testing for eLoran has taken place in Felixstowe, the busiest container port in the United Kingdom. A recently discovered vulnerability that lets the average Android phone pick up transmissions from a nearby computer using only an FM receiver, no Wi-Fi, mobile connection or Bluetooth required. Security researchers from the Ben-Gurion University in Beersheba, Israel, presented their findings at the Malcon 2014 security conference in Puerto Rico last week. They had engineered their own app, known as Airhopper, to bridge the air gap that protects non-networked computers from spies and malware. 
Airhopper receives data through radio signals emitted from a computer monitor, including keystrokes logged by spyware on the PC. Indonesia hams may be called on if Ebola hits that nation. This as researchers from a study program of the University of Gaja Meda School of Engineering introduced guidelines for anticipating and preventing the spread of the deadly disease in that nation. According to a professor of physics engineering at the college, Indonesia lacks both the knowledge and the adequate health equipment needed to detect Ebola early. Using a simulation created for such an event and in cooperation with the Yogyakarta branch of the Indonesian Amateur Radio Organization and the Indonesian Red Cross, the three will work together to formulate a standard operating procedure for tackling Ebola infections. This will be submitted to the governor for his consideration. According to the Jakarta Post, it's hoped that the proposal could provide basic guidelines for an Ebola mitigation procedure on a national level. Special event station KC9HYY stroke WSL3 will be operational in remembrance of the 98th anniversary of the sinking of the HMHS Britannic. The Britannic was the third and largest Olympic-class ocean liners of the White Star Line. She was launched just before the start of World War I and soon converted to use as a hospital ship. On the morning of November 21, 1916, the Britannic was shaken by an explosion from an underwater mine in the Key Channel and sank 55 minutes later. There were 1,066 people on board, of which 1,036 survived. Now in remembrance of this event, call sign KC9HYY stroke WSL3 will be taking to the ham radio bands from November 21st through the 24th, operating 40 through 10 meters using single sideband and some of the digital modes. More information, including QSL routing, is in a QRZ forum under the call sign listing for KC9HYY. Also, keep an ear open for a special event station, IY1IEY, to be on the air between November 1st and December 31st to commemorate the experiments conducted by Guglielmo Marconi from his yacht Electra between 1919 and 1936. Operations will all be on the high-frequency bands, including 30, 17, and 12 meters. Ofcom has confirmed the call sign GB1SS, Sugar Sugar, will be made available for issue to UK astronauts who wish to operate from the ISS. After a gap of 24 years, it looks as though two more UK astronauts may be flying to the International Space Station in 2015. In September, in fact, Sarah Brightman hopes to become the second UK astronaut flying on a 10-day mission, and Tim Peake hopes to go to the ISS in November 2015. China has launched its robotic moon-circling mission that carries a ham radio payload. The main purpose of this flight is to test the re-entry technology for the country's future lunar sample return mission. Complete details on the role of amateur radio can be found beginning on page 14 of the mission outline at tinyurl.com forward slash lux dash space dash moon. Those stories from the amateur radio newsline and the RSGB. The MP3s you can find on the web at the link on www.rsgb.org. I'm Jeremy Boot, G4NJH, and you're tuned to VK1WIA.
From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Operational news on Felix VK for a few Q awards. Record number of Victorian National Parks on air. With the annual Keith Roche Memorial National Parks Award activity period in BK3 less than a week away, 30 unique parks have already registered with a couple more possible. Support also comes from across the border in BK2 and BK5, who between them will be nine Victorian National Parks. Award manager Tony Hambling, VK3 VTH, is very pleased with the growing portable operation spread right across Victoria, giving both those in the field and the hunter plenty of opportunity. The activation starts on Thursday, November 13th with Gun Bower by John VK2AWJ and concludes on Monday the 17th of November with Paul VK5PAS in the Little Desert. John VK2AWJ in Burrowa, Pine Mountain and Alan VK3HRA in the Snow River National Park. Tony VK3VTH says most activities on 40 metres, while some will be active also along Path Europe on 20 metres. They will offer both the Keith Roger Memorial National Parks Award and satisfy the European demand for the Worldwide Flora and Fauna Award. The Parks and Peace website has all activations listed and will announce any late ones, so monitor for updates and spots. The URL for it can be found in the text edition of this VK1 WIA broadcast. Remember, the Keith Roger Memorial National Parks Award activity period by Amateur Radio Victoria is from November 13th to the 17th. That is this Thursday through the weekend and ending on Monday. Special event stations, DX, Beacon, Repeater and NetAdvice. W9L celebrating Veterans Day on November 11. Members of the American Legion Amateur Radio Club will operate station W9L on November 11, which is Veterans Day in the USA or Remembrance Day here in VK. W9L will be on the air from 1400 to 2100 hours UTC from the club's national headquarters in Indianapolis, Indiana. The high frequency operation will take place on 14.275 MHz. There will also be an interconnection via IRLP node 4816. Hems may contact with W9L or shortwave listeners who hear the station are eligible to receive a full colour commemorative certificate. Vietnam by KM0O, November 25 to December 24. 3W3O from Vietnam between November 25th and December 24th. His main activity will be in the CQ Worldwide DXCW contest November 29 and 30, but expect him to be on 160 meters before and after the contest. QSL via the Bureau. Tenerife from December 9 to January 8. IK1, PMR and PA3, LEO will be on the air signing portable EA8 from Tenerife Island between the 7th of this year and January the 8th of 2015. Activity will be on 160 through 6 metres using CWSSB and RITI. QSL via HB9, FKK or each operator's home call sign via the Bureau. For VK1 WIA National News, I'm Felix, VK4FUQ, Inningham. 
Across Australia from VK1 WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service in the mid-north of South Australia. It can be heard on VK5 RMN 146.700 at 9am Sunday. I'm Bob, VK5 MRW. Good morning, this is Robert, VK3DN, with this week's worldwide special interest group news and Media Watch. UK New Zealand contact on TV News. TV's One News featured a 90th anniversary of the contact between radio amateurs in the UK and New Zealand. On October the 18th, 1924, the first radio communications contact between the two countries took place between 2SZ at Mill Hill School, the station operated by an 18-year-old former principal, Cecil Goida, and 4AA in Shag Valley, South Island of New Zealand, operated by Frank Bell. To commemorate the 90th anniversary of this historic contact, radio amateurs at stations at Mill Hill School and Chag Valley recreated the Gordon Bell contact. The TV station interviewed the president of the Otago Amateur Radio Club, Dave Mulder, ZL4DK, London student Max Shagdev and Frank Bell's great-grandson Henry Bell. Mysterious piece of space junk does manoeuvres. What was first thought to be a piece of debris left over from the launch of three Russian military communication satellites has turned out to be a fourth satellite capable of manoeuvres. This fourth unidentified object was detected orbiting the Earth a few kilometres away from a routine Rodnik satellites. Moreover, the analysis of the orbital elements from the US radar by observers shows that the ghost spacecraft had made manoeuvres between May the 29th and May the 31st, 2014, despite being identified as debris in the official US catalogue at that time. On June the 24th, the mysterious spacecraft started manoeuvring again, lowering its pedigree, that's the lowest point, by 4 kilometres and lifting its apogee by 3.5 kilometres. This is the second time a Russian piece of orbital junk has suddenly started doing manoeuvres. The first time in early 2014, the Russians finally admitted, five months later after its launch, that the junk was actually a satellite. It's likely that they're testing new CubeSat capabilities. Once you have these kind of orbital manoeuvres, you can apply to CubeSats with any kind of purpose, from military to commercial applications. I added a freeze all actions dealing with Crimea. The islands of the air management have decided that due to the unresolved political situation in Crimea, it has no course open to it except to freeze certain actions connected with Crimea for an initial period of one year. This in the routine management of the Islands of the Air program. This means that it will not accept or issue credit for EU-180 operations taking place after March 17, 2014 that use a non-Ukrainian call sign, nor will it accept any requests from program participants to update of their records, changes of call sign and or checkpoint that involved a change of DXCC entity. The committee says that we'll review the situation after one year in the light of developments. Now before we head back to Baker Baker, I'll look back at history in Rewind. Radio Ham helps Science Museum. 
RSGB Radcom editor Elaine Richards' G4LFM has helped to produce a video for the Science Museum which tells the story of how British Broadcasting Company began, powered by the UK's biggest radio transmitter, 2LO. On a foggy November night in 1922, the words, This is 2LO Calling, announced the arrival of the BBC. 2LO transmitted the BBC's first radio program, making the beginnings of official state broadcasting and a new era for listeners at home. See the 2LO radio transmitter on display in the Science Museum's New Information Age Gallery, which tells the story of how lives have been transformed by information and communication technologies over the last 200 years. Well, that's all I have for you for this week. This has been Robert, VK3DN, reporting from Melbourne. Thanks, Robert. About time for me to go now. We'll leave you with the social scene for November. This weekend, November 8 and 9, in VK3, the Chelsea Beach near Long Beach Lifesavers at 3pm, the Melbourne QRP Day Gathering, Yarra Valley Amateur Radio Group's Hamfest at the Gary Cooper Pavilion on November 9, also on November 9, the VHF, UHF and Microwave Experimenters Day. November 15 in VK7, Miana Hamfest. November 21 in VK3, Bendigo Amateur Radio and Electronics Club's Men's Shed Public Meeting. November 23 in VK5, it's Welcome to Amateur Radio Day at Blackwood at a quarter to nine. And November 30 in VK3, Spark Hamfest at Rosebud. Till next we meet, I'm Graham VK4BB. Walk softly. From Australia, this has been VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service. On RF, we thank our rebroadcast team and you for listening. And remember, internet streaming and text of this news is available 24-7 at wia.org.au.